great. I mean, I'm super excited to have on Talks with T, uh, Ahsan Jawad, who's uh, uh, been in the ecosystem for 20 years in the in the tech ecosystem. Uh, you know, when you when you said that, uh, I kind of had to reflect: has the tech <laughs> ecosystem even been alive for 20 years? Yeah, but uh, today, general partner at STV, and prior to that, and probably most famously known for being the founder at uh, Zawiya. So, thanks for uh, spending some time on the show today. Absolutely, pleasure to be here. Uh, so we were just uh, briefly chatting before the sh- show started. I was asking you, uh, when you carve out that 20 years, you, do you think yourself uh, of yourself as a founder? Do you think of yourself as an investor? Yeah. Yeah, I, again, I, um, so yeah, I started as a, as a founder and uh, it took me uh, a good five to six years to transition mm. uh, from that role um, and have... Uh, you know, kind of two hats on, mm. tell you the truth, a founder hat and an investor hat. And those were tough years. And I think I would say I truly made that transition um, uh, 2018, mm. uh, where I just decided to take off the founder hat. Yeah. Um, it's uh, generally not a good thing to put uh, two hats on. Yeah. Uh, it's good to be single-minded, focused at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, of course now um, that has served me well because because um, I, I can recollect uh, experiences obviously from being a founder uh, and the tough times I had, uh, the different challenges sitting on the other side of the table. Um, which yeah do serve me now from time to time when I'm talking to entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know, I, I imagine it's a huge USP you have as an investor being a founder because, you know, sometimes when a person would sit down with investors, mm. you may get feedback, but it's feedback around how to make the business look more attractive or more commercially viable for an investor to look at it yeah. and it's very rare in this part of the world to get feedback around ways to think about running your business more effectively and i think it's just the natural evolution of the ecosystem which is there's a handful of people who've gone through scaling exiting and now investing through right? and true. so um i know you said you're wearing two ha- you you're only wearing one hat but uh, I think for the entrepreneurs, knowing that you have two hats uh, is probably uh, an advantage for us. Um, so, yeah, I often try to think what uh, what would I be thinking if I'm sitting on on, mm. on uh, this guy's seat, on the founder's mm. seat now. Um, uh, now, I, I I've learned to sort of try to read motivation a lot mm. and uh, try to uh, you know sort of the, the decode what's in between the lines uh, so that's been very useful from an investor mm. point of view to mm. really understand the dna what drives the the founder and so forth um but at the same time uh, it could also get dangerous because you can get stuck in the past and say oh this is how i would have done it and so on and mm. but you know uh, business is different uh, when, when I uh, founded Zawi, right? It's different times, different environment. Um, things do change. 
there are new ways of looking at things. Uh, and so, um, you know, you need to obviously let go of that. So there is a danger of also being stuck. Mm-hmm. Right? And I have to always pinch myself. <laughs> that it's, it was a long time ago when I was uh, sort of building a company. You said something interesting, digging into the motivation. Uh, two, two questions. One, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And then I'll get to the second question. Yeah. Um, yeah, really. It's uh, obviously these are these are not direct questions. You yeah, know, I yeah. think the worst thing you could do is ask the entrepreneur what's your motivation. <laughs> you know, the, the, are you going to get the, right. the canned response? Absolutely. You know, it's sort of like you you need to uh, do the dance, so to speak. Right? You need mm. to dance around the subject and, and understand how he feels about he or she feels about this or that or um, and it takes time. Mm. You know, you can't. Uh, if you ask that question directly to to hope to get a, a, a direct response, yeah, you'll get it in in five seconds. But that's it's got nothing to do with the truth. Mm. Uh, so um, it's situational, um, and it won't happen from the first meeting. You, you need f- several meetings um, until you kind of construct something in your head that you're comfortable with. And yeah. typically on that specific pillar, let's call that motivation, what are you What are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the, the, the most, um, I think the, one of the most successful things uh, that, um, or, or say the most successful founders tend to um, be driven by something bigger than obviously personal gains and the personal agenda. Um, the uh, the urge to solve a problem uh, the, uh, that is itching them, if you like, and uh, and it's and especially if it's a problem that has uh, a wide uh, sort of uh, widespread, um, and so. Empathy there is very important, right? Um, you know, this is a, this is a person who have identified uh, a need uh, that's that is uh, well, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's it, it exists truly out there, you know, but may not be uh, articulated or present, and that's obviously the most valuable. They, these guys end up to have to build the most valuable startup because identifying a need. Uh, that uh, is uh, a true and present uh, across uh, you know the masses are uh, yet not very uh, you know very uh, clear is uh, is where the opportunity lies actually mm. so empathy is important motivation is uh, you know to 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 have um, you know to, to build something good useful solve real problems um that because th- that's uh, that will basically so the reason for that is is not only because this will potentially end up uh big but also it it de-risks the journey right so you know entrepreneurship journey is a tough one it's uh, it bends and it goes up and down all the time and there's a lot of bumps all, yeah. we all know that so the the trick is to have a, a driver or a guy that is is not going to give up. Mm. 
and uh, obviously can go through these humps and these uh, walls and, and pick himself up when things go down because things will go down. And so if you don't have the right motivation for that, um, there are times, you know, you're more likely to throw the towel mm. at early early signs of uh, difficulties and challenges, right? Mm. Um, so the so you do need to have very sort of grounded um, reason for doing this. Mm. Yeah. Another thing that I found uh, quite sort of encouraging is if uh, that person actually enjoys w- the the act of doing this, right? The, 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 you know, building this product, or if it's in media, writing this, or, or building or, or producing this content. Um, so. There are founders who really love what they're doing, not not so much, uh, um, you know, caring about the real, the, the, you know, what is it doing, the impact, but they actually like what they're doing. And I always think that if you really like what you're doing, um, the economic thing is not so important. The a lot of other things is you know sort of drop drop on the side. If you keep doing what you like doing, you will get good at it. And if you good, if you get good at it. Uh, you know, you'll stand out and eventually, uh, you know, you'll break through. So that's another thing, you know, mm. you, you, there has to be a, um, it's either, either or, and of course, if, if you hit both uh, these bases, that's even better. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, as an investor, when you're looking at, uh, I guess before that, there's this idea of persistence. When is the right time and is there a right time for an entrepreneur to say, screw it, it's time to throw in the towel? (laughs) Because the other side of that is, if I continue to persist, the idea I have right now may not be the right one, but if I persist, there's gonna be some gem that shows up and within that gem, there may be an opportunity. So from your perspective, having been an investor, being an investor, having been a founder, is there a right time to throw in the towel? Uh, It's the wrong guy to ask because I never (laughs) threw the towel. Uh, I did actually, that's a lie, I did in one of the ventures I started. Look, the I think one of the uh, the two traits that are really important for an entrepreneur is obviously the first one is is um, you know you need to have a very open mind and listening all the time and getting feedback and uh, and for that you need to be humble, of course, right? But at the same time, you need to be. Um, uh, you know, uh, very persevering, and especially if you have a strong conviction. And somewhat stubborn. <laughs> and stubborn, absolutely. And that's, these two things don't go, yeah. you know, they're like the opposite. And that's, 100%. And they, you know, they say opposite traits make uh, people, this is what greatness are made yeah. of, right? Yeah. The, two, the two sides. The balance and, of yeah. the two. Well, I would argue it's not the balance, it's actually, uh, and to going back to your point, when do you uh, throw the towel? Uh, it's when to use what, which, when to listen, mm. and when to 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 stand your ground, mm. right? So mm. there is the right time to do that and and be very very stubborn about certain aspect of what you're doing, 
And there's the other times when you, okay, I'm going to listen to the feedback and I'm going to listen to uh, what, the, you know, my, what my uh, the team is telling me, what my investors are telling me, right? Um, and it's that balance, well, so th- that, that, that careful uh, dance. Yes. You know, it yeah. is. It is absolutely. It is, it's, it's a very, very interesting process mm. that people go through as, mm. as, the, as an entrepreneur goes through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like with time as an entrepreneur, just through experiences, and you reflect on it, you realize, shit, that was the time I should have listened yes, versus been stubborn. 100%. And so you start to develop that instinct where Absolutely. like, oh, I actually need to listen. Yes, um, and, you know, I think this hits on something I started thinking a lot about about a year ago, this whole idea of intellectual humility, mm. right? Which is being, uh, being very switched on, mm-hmm. but then also having the humility to understand that because I'm switched on, my core driver to get at the best answer and the best outcome far exceeds my desire to be correct. Yeah, and, well, yeah. And, and, and So and, that's the inner struggle. Yeah, yeah. And it's tough. Yeah. It's, um, you know, uh, because you do need to have the, uh, a, a, a good level of, your, your ego has to be, you have to have a certain level of ego that is healthy. But beyond that, uh, it becomes harmful. Yeah, because your ears will stop work. You know, you will switch off your ears and yeah. you will stop taking feedback, uh, which means you've, and when you stop taking feedback, you stop developing, you stop learning, which means you're not progressing. Uh, and that's exactly when things start to slow down and probably snap. Yeah. yeah, and I would argue it's even, or I'd kind of double down on what you're saying and say that it's not only receiving feedback as the business matures. You know, if I think about Bezat's own journey, mm. as the business has matured beyond a certain stage, there's only a handful of people in the region who can advise on the things they've learned along the way. Mm-hmm. And so at times I feel I've had to actually go out and actively seek feedback from maybe sometimes people even outside of the region. Mm. So I think it's to your point about the humility and the listening, it's not just being passive about it, it's almost being proactive about it and going out and finding people that you can talk to who've been there, done that, who can shed some light on different areas. You know, we're having this discussion from time to time inside uh, STV about personal growth, mm-hmm. and that's something we care a lot about, uh, you know, for every one of us and inside the team as well. Uh, and I keep saying, you know, we are obsessed uh, at looking at you know growth companies. Uh, we study growth very carefully. <clears throat> you know how fast, how um, how variable, how you know how how predictable the growth is and there's a lot of attributes yeah uh and you go into details but um i think we should also which is great right Mm -hmm. because we want to invest in these uh, systems or these companies these engines if you like but when it comes to investing in ourselves we should also have a similar sort of mindset like Mm -hmm. you know what is uh you know what is driving our growth you know are we growing uh, and it's not just uh, mm. 
it's not just your uh, you know your, your title and your role in in, in organization i'm talking about personal growth i'm mm. talking about um you know the the ability to be to um, you know when you talk about humility and being patient and being uh, um you know uh, sort of more positive thinking and all those things personal growth should be our number one agenda yeah um so um so yeah you need to be proactive about that absolutely mm. yeah and when you look at um entrepreneurs today or investments so it sounds like motivation of the entrepreneurs mm. is, is one factor mm-hmm. how would you bucketize what you're looking for um bucketize as in motivation versus something else or within in terms of in terms of we're going to do this deal Mm. sounds like one of the factors you look at is the entrepreneur themselves yeah what are the other factors you look at in terms of deciding whether or not you're going to invest yeah so look i mean the 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 vc mindset should be uh one that says okay um here is um here is an engine that is going somewhere Mm. Um, it has all kind of uh, dangerous ahead and risks and challenges, but uh, let's ask ourselves what could go right, right? So the natural thing, uh, the conventional sort of investment thinking is risk management, right? Mm-hmm. What could go wrong? Oh, this is, you know, have they managed this risk? Have they managed this that risk? Uh, are they prepared uh, in situations like so? But if you want to be a true VC, uh, I think you need to think, yeah, there's all these things, but what can go right? Mm. Yeah. And if that's worth, if the answer to that is worthwhile, then yeah, put the bet, um, you, know, you know, with as much, um, you know, preparation as you can, but mm. you cannot cover all bases for mm. sure. Mm. And then just you know, enjoy the journey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, what could go right is it can be translated into a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right? How yeah. how big ultimately this thing is going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Both uh, in terms of how much it will impact uh, the region or the sort of the ecosystem or the uh, societies, and then of course that translates into financially how big this gonna this business is going to be, and then ultimately of course the question needs to be answered in you know how much can I exit this for. Because then you do the calculations on the return and so forth, which is, a, it has to be done. A financial returns has to also be met. Yeah. Uh, so if we kind of rewind back to the beginning uh, and you had to kind of self-assess, yeah. now now that you have your investor hat on and you had to assess Ihsan as the uh, founder of Zawiya yeah. and you look back on it, Let's start with motivation. Why, why did you feel like you had to start Zawiya? Um, so there was a, uh, so I started Zawiya um, in London when I was an investment banker. I was covering the Middle East and uh, there was a clear gap um, of business information, professional business information that, that uh, professionals, investors couldn't rely on, you know, day in, day out. Um, so, so I did it because of, of a problem that I suffered with, uh, from as someone who was covering the Middle East uh, out of London, um, and it turned out to be, um, you know, uh, yes, it's a it's a common problem that uh, people 
across the region of professional business people for suffered from. So we built that uh, platform and uh, we served uh, thousands of companies and uh, thousands of professionals. Um, uh, yeah, but it was obviously a limited uh, problem. It's not, uh, you know, I did not solve communication problem or, or uh, uh, like a WhatsApp did, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's all... Uh, uh, it it very much so my empathy I would say back then it was that it was limited to my environment uh, you know people to myself and the people like me you know I did not empathize with um, people suffering from uh, you know health problems yeah. or you know what I'm saying yeah. so um, and 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 there you go you know I I solved the problem it was a limited problem never mind nevertheless it was a problem and uh, we got rewarded for it but. Again, it's size and reward sort of go hand in hand. And what was the step between I'm solving a problem for myself as an investment banker mm. to holy smokes, this is this a real is, business? Um, yeah, well, look, I, um, actually from day one, I uh, I did the research and said, and, and, and found out that it was, it you know, people, uh, you know, ha- shared that, uh, people of my background shared the same problem. And so uh, similar business models were built in the U.S. and uh, you, uh, you get to learn from those quickly. Uh, and so, yeah, it wasn't too difficult to then uh, come up with a solution that would apply to this part of the world, of course, with different neons and different challenges. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't iterative in that sense, right? It was very much, okay, research-based, let's uh, find out how big this problem is, uh, is it common amongst that uh, user base? And the solution is very much done before, but obviously we applied it, we applied it to different contexts, different region. Um, and what gave you the conviction to leave what you were doing? And, or maybe conviction is wrong word. What made you decide at the end of the day I'm going to be... Too brave to leave my a, a career in investment banking. Yeah, I mean, uh, in those days, investment banking was also absolutely. the, the absolutely. sexiest job to yeah. be in. In London it was. Yeah. Yeah. And in London, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I I had conviction that this is a, this is a, a problem worth, worth solving. Um, I think um, I always had an affinity with the region, you know, wanted to do something... Uh, more for this part of the world. I don't know for the right reason or not, but uh, I did it anyway. Um, so I, I had, I always felt a sense of doing something for, uh, you know, back home, so to speak. Uh, well, you know, I grew up in England, but you know, I always felt an affinity to to the Arab world. Um, and of course, I can't lie, by, but you know, uh, and and not have the internet. Back then, this is a Web 1.1, uh, 1.0, mm. sorry, uh, was sexy, right? So, you know, entrepreneurs as a as a as a role or as a career became sexy from uh, from the early days of of Yahoo, if you like, and uh, uh, pre dot com bust. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They we started before two thousand, just before two thousand two. Uh, the the, uh, the the bus came in 2000 actually. Mm-hmm. It's right after. 
And so you moved out here or did you start in London? Yeah, no, we started in London actually. Yeah. Uh, we raised the money in London, the first, uh, the first seed capital, the first million dollars was raised in London. And then uh, uh, after the bust, uh, we, um, yeah, we, we then started talking to investors from the region and got interest out of here. But uh, it made sense to be near to the investors and they said, look, if you're gonna cover the region really well, you might as well move down here. So we did, uh, we lowered the cost. At the time it was a lower cost, believe it or not. Um, and, uh, and it worked out nicely, you know. Um, it, it definitely paid to be, you know, cl- closer to the clients and the customer base and so forth. I'd imagine fundraising in, you know, almost 20 years ago looked very different 100%, than today. Yeah. So uh, it, in, in good and in, in, in good ways and in bad ways, right? So. So when you think about today, you know, like 20 years ago, there was no no such thing as investment decks or, or if you like data. There wasn't even VCs. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. There, there was, uh, everyone was onto business plans, right? Yeah. Which are now like absolute no-goes. So you need to have the business plan. You, uh, you'd be lucky to put in, uh, together what's called an information memorandum. It was very much like investment banking time type of stuff, right? Um, uh, but there was a lot of hype as well. You know, the web 1.0, and you read about it, it, it was it was very hyped, uh, and hence the crash that came afterwards. So, so you know, raising money was uh, at the back of very little. I mean, I, I remember we raised the first million dollars at the back of, again, a business plan, no website, um, within within 10 days. And I just, it's not so bad. I reached out to some of my <laughs> friends saying, look, yeah. I'm, I'm doing this and yeah. uh, I've got a plan. And um, yeah, do you want to put up, if you want to put your money, you know, hello, Sahara. So um, yeah, it was, and then I, I remember even uh, after the 10 days that there were more money came in, which I had to say no to because we wanted to stay disciplined and say, oh, at this valuation, I'm only raising a million at this yeah. valuation. So that was one of the problems we made earlier on. But um, yeah, took that million dollars, built a little company uh, out of London, uh, created, you know, built a website, got traffic, and then and then uh, moved here and raised the second round. And I guess building an internet company back then in the region uh, was definitely, you were at the forefront yeah. of the technology revolution even before it started in this part of the world. Absolutely, it was it was a bit pioneering back then. It, there was us and maybe two other websites. Uh, actually, three other websites. One did not survive. Uh, two did not survive, and one did. So there was the other uh, one being Bait. Or? Bait, okay. exactly. Okay. So there was us, Bait, uh, Arabia.com, mm. which did not survive the horizontal portal, which was uh, it was supposed to be the Yahoo of the Middle East, and there was. Uh, uh, can't even remember. I was going to say. There was, <laughs> I, I like remember the name. <laughs> those guys, yeah, those guys yeah. switched off the light much earlier. Yeah. Um, Mac2 was there as well, by mm. the way, but it didn't, it was just an email service at the time, mm. hence the name Mac2, mm-hmm. but it, it, it turned themselves, they turned themselves into Yahoo very mm. smartly uh, later on. Mm. Uh, and when you're building a business like this, pre-exit, pre, there's no ecosystem. Yeah. And so what's your plan? Are you building this? 
because you feel like there's a real problem, yeah. you, you've raised money from investors who obviously expect some sort of liquidity event. Right, right. Are you even thinking about that kind of stuff early on in the journey or it's an afterthought? Yeah, it wasn't so clear by the, by the <laughs> way. You know, it's like, what were we, what were we doing? <laughs> but again, the hype actually helped, right? Okay. So all these companies that were doing crazy IPOs, I mean, if you think we raised uh, some money at the back of a business plan, there were companies going public at the back of nothing mm. in in the U.S. Yeah. So there were crazy times and crazy valuations. Pets.com. Right, exactly. Yeah. Webvan, yeah. all these guys that just, uh, you know, promised that the world's going to look different and, mm. and we're going to do this. Um, so I think a lot of investors were, yes, uh, plowing in and hoping for that, for a quick, you know, ticket to riches. What did you learn watching the the dot com crash yeah. that you took away potentially to when you were building Zaoya? That um, you know, capital is uh, uh, capital is scarce. Mm. Although you wouldn't think it 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 is in the last if you've you know been watching it for the last few years, yeah. but it is, and it's it's of course coming back to scarcity now. But again, in those days, capital was not scarce. It was, uh, you know, people were just writing checks left, right, and center. And then the crash came and suddenly everything shut down. Um, so, you know, be take as much capital as you can when you can. Uh, that was the first lesson I learned, of course. Um, and, um, yeah, that's the first and the, and the most painful lesson I learned because we... The, the, when we raised the second round, we got diluted a lot, mm. and uh, um, yeah, we did a, a big, big down round. If you like, uh, they weren't called rounds at the time, but it was it was a big dilution. But then we spent the next ten years building ourselves out of it, and then, alhamdulillah, we exited uh, with everyone making money, and it was a good return. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of lessons now, but. Uh, uh, I mean, the other one is, of course, it, it takes time. It's a long journey. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a two, three year journey. <laughs> it's funny when I jumped into the space, I was like, oh, I'm going to be doing this for three, four years. Right. And then, you know, on the other side, maybe I'll retire. <laughs> and, you know, the way I talk about it with entrepreneurs who are thinking about getting into the space or aspiring entrepreneurs, yep. I, I tell them it's, it's like a marathon but you're always sprinting. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. You know, in a marathon, you have to pace yourself. Yeah. This is like a sprinting marathon. Absolutely, putting fires out and so forth. But that goes back to, you can't do it really if you, can't, if you don't enjoy what you're doing. Mm. So you either have to believe in it so badly, right? Or you have to enjoy it. Mm. Uh, there were times when, of course, in, in, in those days before, you know, we did this down round effectively in Zawiya. Uh, where I was thinking of throwing the towel, where you know salaries were not getting paid, mm. uh, we ran out of cash. You know, we went through the whole of those. Yeah, and you know that those moments are the reason I like to have these conversations because mm. people see Zawiya exit Thomson Reuters, yeah. they don't see the story behind it. Yeah. And so, talk to me a little bit about that experience, that period in Zawiya's history where how you guys found yourself in that situation, yeah. how you navigated your way through it. Yeah, so the, the original mistake, as I said, was not raising enough money. Mm. 
um, thinking that valuation will always go up. I know I raised a million within 10 days. What, imagine what can I do <laughs> if I just put the website up, yeah. right? It's funny because when you were saying you were getting more money and you decided not to take it, I was yeah. smiling on the inside because I was waiting for you to say, I was waiting for the moment you would tell me that in retrospect, that was a mistake. Oh, huge, <laughs> of course, of course. And my thinking was oh, very logical, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'll just have to put a website and then do some, you know, hire the team and then I can raise that in the next two million mm. at double the valuation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so and then yeah, the crash happened um, and then we <clears throat> ended up basically conserving cash, having to conserve cash um, for a longer time uh, to the point where uh, while looking for new investors, which of course got now switched off by what's happening and uh, and uh, you know the hype basically dying off um and uh, so yeah we at, at the end we ended up basically like we were you know the, that cash conserving process was painful right you you write off salaries you then uh, you, you reduce salary then you write it off for a while you uh uh, and then we were probably two, three months from switching off the light, literally. And you take on some uh, overhead, uh, uh, not not debt, no one will lend you, but you basically accu accumulated bills, basically, right? Um, and so, yeah, we got lucky. Uh, we had a, a bunch of people calling us from uh, the GCC uh, and, um, uh, you know, nice... Uh, a group of investors who wanted to build something like that and uh, they didn't get the chance and so um yeah we um, we immediately started a conversation and we're very uh, um sort of accommodating at this point understandingly so uh when yeah we we were saved at the last minute how do you keep a team motivated how do you keep yourself motivated yeah. through a moment like that um, keeping yourself motivated is again goes back to what's your original uh, mission if you like or what why you started this uh, so that was and that is obviously the most important thing if you don't keep yourself motivated you can't motivate anyone else and and sort of sell the hope if you like uh, it was myself my co-founder who also kept uh, hoping for the best um, we did lose people obviously along the way because salaries were reduced and so forth um, um, yeah there are tough times and especially when um, you know you compare your colleagues not make the jump and they're still um, getting paid uh, investment banking salaries exactly, and bonuses exactly yeah. right uh, so if you believe in it you try to just you know it, it push all the way when do you throw the, the towel? When the towel gets thrown at you, if you keep believing it. If mm. you, of course, the minute you get signals that, hey, it doesn't make sense, and uh, and uh, you know you, you weigh it properly in your head, then you might as well do it yourself. And how about the team side? I mean, how do you, so obviously people, I can imagine, would leave the core team that yeah. got through it. Yeah. What are the things you learned along the way Hundred percent, yeah. So the tech, for example, uh, the tech part uh, was, um, uh, you know, these again were very expensive people back then uh, because 
Interestingly, tech is still expensive. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> never that hasn't right? changed. Um, and so, yeah, at kind of first sign of trouble, because we, we myself and the co-founder, was we were not tech background. So at the first uh, sort of sign of trouble, they uh, they wobbled and we eventually lost them. Um, my uh, my younger brother, uh, who was, a, you know, was a bit tech savvy, uh, he's an engineer, he, he joined uh, earlier on and, you know, uh, we were lucky to have him because he, he, he moved on very fast. He, he learned uh, the tricks and he actually kept the whole thing running. Um, and we were saved by him actually at that time. So mm-hmm. when you look back at him, we are, we are grateful for those, uh, for, for having him on. And he, he joined as, again, very junior guy. Um, but, you know, he was able to take over. Uh, and save the day uh, again. So then, the, the reason he obviously did it because of the relationship, and then he believed in what we're doing, and of course he uh, he believed in the equity that he got. Right. Mm. So um, the others, even if you give them equity, they, if they didn't think this is gonna this is gonna be mounting too much, they, it doesn't make sense, right? For them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then from there you go on for the next 10 plus years to build build the company after that round. Yeah, so we raised another uh, a million and a half. Uh, and, and with, uh, and again, a million and a half back then was still a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and we uh, we moved down here. We um, um, we started building products that really we could sell, we could, we could uh, uh, commercialize immediately as opposed to uh, the original plan was very much advertising driven. Uh, but advertising sort of evaporated very much after the the, the collapse. Uh, so um, and then um, and then we got lucky again with uh, the, um, the the the, um, the the region sort of economies took a real boost after the um, the invasion of Iraq and the toppling of Saddam Hussein. So security increased in the region so investment poured in a lot of investment poured in and um, you know a, a global investment came in and and so the demand for what we were uh, were putting out there just went up so we we caught that we were there at the right time at the right place we caught that uh, that that wave um, yeah and uh, we got lucky that way you know um, built a uh, alhamdulillah at the end we we built a big business you know we had remember we, we got it to 18 million dollars and then even you had the peak this was in 2008 because then there was a crash again <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was a big big number yeah, for, for, a, sure. for a startup right uh, we were profitable uh very profitable actually and um uh, yeah we we got affected of course in the, in the uh in the financial uh sort of crisis 2008 2009 because we you know we're in that sector itself and so but we were still uh, you know we still uh, cruised and uh, and the business you know we gave um, we, we built it <clears throat> uh, very uh, frugally if you like as, as frugal, you know, we were very frugal we built the right thing at the right time learning from the top guys there you know we, we were we were observing carefully what Reuters would be doing what Bloomberg would be building um, you know and pricing it more competitively um, and again we made sure we build a good culture for the company 
you know, with a with a lot of pride. You know, we're doing this against the big boys, and we're doing it from this part of the world. Um, we went out and built a, a whole uh, sort of uh, information center, a research center in Lebanon. I had a hundred people, um, you know, staffing that that office. Uh, they did a wonderful job backing up all our information and all our data crunching and so forth and served, you know, valuable clients across the Gulf specifically and uh, other places like London and, and New York and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, we we ended up really building a, a service at par with, with the best uh, to the point that uh, they felt that they had to get to buy us out to get us uh, out of the sort of uh, rather than compete with us. Um, yeah. How much of rallying the troops internally and giving the team a mission purpose mm-hmm. cause was that factor that it's yeah. uh, David and Goliath yeah I would say quite a bit actually mm. uh, and I had to uh, and it, you know I had to actually articulate it in that way but not you know not for the sake of um and it, it was the truth, right? The people did take pride of what they're building. Uh, you could see that we were gathering more higher quality information, uh, putting it in a way that really cares for the client. And that what helped me here was that me being again on the other side as a, a customer. So, you know, we were building something that I would buy on the other side. Um, and um, we did not... Um, discounted, you know, we I remember going to one big um, uh, sovereign wealth fund uh, which asked to to get uh, a 20 license for six months trial and then they'll think about subscribing uh, I said to them, you know I'd love your, to have your business but our, you know, our rules is we'll give you a one week trial and for a few accounts and if you like it great, if you don't it's okay um, they were stunned, you know, because uh, the Reuters and the and the big boys they they don't talk to them like that, right? Um, we had to behave like big boys, and um, you know, I, and when they push back, I say to them, "Look, we have mouths to feed, right? And uh, this is not a hundred year old company." So um, we had that culture, a uh, culture of um, being proud of building something in here for uh, from here uh, for uh, for this region um, and um, and yeah we 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 try to have very much uh, be an equalitarian sort of environment where yeah. people just deserve the best so to speak yeah. right uh, how did you um, when you look back on it how did you localize what you were doing versus the big boys who were trying to penetrate the region? Mm. What were some of the things you did that yeah. helped you win? So our, you know, as a startup, you're more agile than, yeah. the, than the incumbent, right? Mm. You have less processes, you have less, uh, you know, uh, regulation, if you like, internal regulations and so on. Mm. So you're, you can move fast and break things and, and then correct them. So that gives you an edge always, right? And then, um, it's the focus, right? So the, you know, you the, the leaders in the organization, if they wake up and care about that particular thing, 
the, the you know where, where your focus is energy flows you know it's it's a it's a well-known thing you mm-hmm. focus on something that's where energy flows and that's where the things get moves and get done um and that's it our focus was limited obviously to this part of the world uh, as opposed to you know uh it's nice to have uh, you know this part of the world was nice to have for the big boys right uh, th- this was our bread and butter. This is mm. everything we did. Mm. So uh, you know, we did it with a passion, uh, with a lot of energy, um, and uh, and we moved faster. We built faster, and then we priced better. Um, yeah, and people appreciated. The customer appreciated it. What would you have done differently, looking back at your time? Yeah, growing Zawiya. Yeah, I, I would have. Uh, I would have probably managed the investors better um, because it did come to a point in when you either continue with me you know, and, and, and keep redefining the, uh, the platform or, you know, I, I, I step off the bus. Um, it didn't have to be that way. I should have probably invested more in the relationship and, and, and I could have probably uh, guided them to go further. Um, uh, but at the, the same time, you know, when you take on a financial investor, they do have a time horizon. Yeah. So they cannot keep, you know, the Going founder, all right, the founder yeah. wants to go on forever. Uh, not all founders do, but some do. And so you need to be aware of that, that not everyone will stay with you uh, on the bus, um, mm. right? It's your baby, uh, but people come along with you to help you, out, to help you and to support, but not forever, right? And then when you when the business ends up exiting, I haven't gotten to that point. So mm. now it, I'm just imagining mm. that it becomes very difficult to say, "Cool, this thing I've been investing a large percentage of my life into mm. is now gone." And so now I need to find another purpose. <laughs> what is that experience like? Uh, yeah, it was it was a little, there was a little bit of a denial at the beginning. Um, this so is when we went through the different uh, stages of grief. Yes, yes, we did. Um, some parts I handled well, some parts I didn't. Uh, I had a very uh, during that time. I think um, yeah, my I had a very supportive wife, which really put up with me during these. There were difficult years, but. Thank, thank God we came through it. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs like, oh, once you exit, خلاص, now you're relaxed. Yeah. And I talk to entrepreneurs who've gone to that point yeah. and they're like, oh, it was a really tough time. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's, yeah, it's, it, 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 if you you had a baby that you've been growing for yeah. 10 years and then suddenly you, uh, you, you, you need to reorient yourself and have a new purpose, as you said. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't come like that. Okay, you have money in the bank. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it depends. I mean, you're beyond that. You you beyond buying the this fancy car or yeah. going to this yeah. this going to yeah. a fancy uh, property or holiday. You're beyond that, right? Yeah. So, which is crazy because I think a lot of entrepreneurs early in the journey they start that way. They start thinking <laughs> that there's a pot of gold at the end of this, right? Yeah. And then when entrepreneurs get to that point, a lot of them say, it's not about that. But if you rewind back to the beginning of the journey, yeah. the financial incentive is a percentage, a meaningful percentage of why you do this. But I feel like as yeah. you get closer to the finish line, it becomes a smaller percentage. Absolutely. Look, you grow, right? Yeah. I mean, 10 years is a long time. You yeah. grow and you change and yeah. your, uh, 
priorities change and mm. your thinking changes. And, uh, and, and there's this, uh, what is it called? The hedonic adaptation. Right? You adapt yeah. to yeah. things, right? You, yeah. no, you know, the, the fancy car no longer, you know, sort yeah. of uh, does it for you and yeah. or this this or that does not do it for yeah. you. So, um, so the, you know. the way you define success, how, how has that changed over time, if at all? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, 100% of early days, it was material success. It was um, a career success in terms of uh, status and so on. But, um, you know, I think, uh, and, you know, alhamdulillah, I mean, for, for uh, you know, I, I got lucky with, with the right guidance that it is more about the, you know, you can have as much money as you want, as much uh, status as you want, but if there's no inner peace, uh, inner, if you like, uh, yeah, inner peace is the weird. I would don't want to call it inner happiness. Then you haven't achieved anything, quite frankly. So it is the inner struggle, and it is it is the struggle to grow yourself, right? The struggle to 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 be to be patient and to 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 react at the right time and to do not to react at the right time and, and to um, defend with all you have and jump, um, you know, and fight for what it's worth and to let go uh, of you know. So all these things. So for me today, what's success? If you go back to your question, it's um, it's is me looking at myself as a, as a as a as a better person than I was ten years ago, um, and it's a it's a giving process. So the way, the ultimate way to do this is to give, and to give. You know, with all you have, whether it's your time, whether it's money, whether it's your um, reputation, uh, the more you give, the more you will actually rise, and you 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 will, uh, you know, you will cleanse yourself mm. and you purify yourself, mm. and and that's that feeling, that emotion that uh, now that that's that's I'm in pursuit of that emotion of, mm. of being in that status at all time, as much as possible. Mm. I succeed sometimes, I fail a lot of the times, but it's an it's an ongoing process. Mm. That's amazing uh, to, to hear kind of the evolution. Mm. Uh, how do you advise entrepreneurs who've reached that exit point? How do you suggest they go about finding their second act, their purpose, no. from what you learned through that process? Um, so um, I think, um, so one, one thing I, when I look back and I regret is I've never had a mentor at an early stage, right? So I, I very much try to do things on the go and, and do it my way and so on. And so I think, uh, um, you know, having a mentor with you that you trust uh, along the path and wherever that path takes you is is a great um, is a great tool, and it's it's, it's um, you know 
effectively you effectively gives you a mirror uh, image to yourself so that you, you keep taking the right decisions uh whether you want to you know blow all your money that you got on a on a you know on the beach or or go and build the next thing or or give it to people who are in need um these are important decisions um but ultimately it goes down to what are you trying to optimize for you know and to have a, a mentor with you that that you trust uh, who becomes a you know your mirror effectively is useful because then you will not be uh in a sort of an echo chamber and and, and you know, you know you live in in a, in a sort of like an imaginary world you need to, the, the the thing is you need to be real and true to yourself mm. and only then that's your way of, of achieving inner peace. Mm. Whether you build a billion dollar company or whether you, uh, uh, you know, you go on just helping people. And, and um, so it's, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you put yourself on a path for growth, a personal growth uh, and achieving personal peace. I think that's important. And, you know, from my perspective listening to today's conversation there's quite a few things i heard and took away mm-hmm. uh you know first of all you said uh, entrepreneurs who have kind of this urge conviction to solve a problem that's bigger than just money mm-hmm. solving for personal growth or the the entrepreneurs you, you believe are and it's for the right reasons. Uh, and I think that's very important uh, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs build, f- try to solve for the, the exit. Um, I liked a lot the conversation we had around this, the struggle, let's call it, between listening and humility versus stubbornness and persistence. I think that's a very important, a point, important one. Um, I've learned the hard way or someone told me earlier around taking as much capital as you can when you can. I think it's good advice in this economic environment as well. I've started to spend a lot more time thinking about what you mentioned around inner peace. And I like how having been there, done that, the conclusion you've kind of come to after all this success, mashallah, is without inner peace, you don't have success. Um, and having a mentor is a great tool to just develop and grow yourself. Um, and honestly, the conversation took a lot of different <laughs> directions and I love that. And so I want to say thank you a lot for taking the time to, to have the conversation. It's been uh, a true pleasure and an honor, honestly, to speak to one of the forefathers of the, of the tech oh. ecosystem. So thank you for sharing your thoughts. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. And, um, you managed to get a lot of uh, things out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I, I hope I didn't confuse you. But, uh, yeah. Awesome. Great. Thank, Thank you. you very much.